Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. We're told that small businesses are the backbone of our economy, that they are so essential to our health, wealth, welfare, etc. And yet, at the same time, our governments seem to miss that message because there's so many rules and regulations being placed on small businesses, which are costing them disproportionately more than it does for a large business. We're going to talk about all of this today. My guest is Gene Marks. He is an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a TV personality. He writes and talks about and has a great passion in helping small businesses. And he's also the moving force behind the Marks Group. Gene, it's such an honor to have you on our program. You are such a recognized source for information and helping small businesses. And welcome to Consuming Interest. Thank you so much, Shirley. I'm really uh, pleased to be here. Well, let's just get right into it because um, Call for Action has been involved in helping small businesses for 30 some years. And um, we've identified frauds targeting small businesses. And now we're going to talk about some of the regulations, which are having such a serious, serious impact on the small business. Um, First off, give me an overview of where we stand right now. How much are regulations costing small businesses and how much is that, how is that disproportionate to the, the effect it has on a large business? Well, you know, there, there are so many regulations that apply to both big companies and small, and it depends on your industry as well. Uh, but over, you know, over time, the amount of regulations that built up the, um, cost in administrating, reporting, complying with a lot of those regulations hit small businesses multiple, you know, in, in multiple amounts than they do to larger corporations. And it really kind of, surely really kind of goes, goes depending on the administration that's in power. I mean, uh, when the Trump administration was around, uh, there was a significant decrease in administration, in, in regulations um, across the board. Um, since the Biden administration has, you know, taken over back in, you know, 2021, uh, there has been not only a significant increase in regulations, but more on the way as well. Um, a lot of them, you know, you know, are are very pro worker and uh, labor oriented, and, and I don't want to see these are bad things. But if you're a small business owner, it adds a lot more complexity and a lot more cost for you to run your business. What we're seeing is that the small businesses they they get impacted by federal regulations as well as state local regulations and trying to keep up with all of these as they're constantly changing, it seems. It's got to be very expensive. What is the estimate of the impact on small businesses in terms of regulations? What does it cost them? Uh, I've seen some figures out there somewhere. What is the reliable estimate, Jane, on how much small businesses are paying just because the regulations? I got to be honest with you. Um, I, I I can't tell you what the number is. I really can't. I've seen those same estimates that you've seen. Um, I always am dubious about the underlying research that's done to come up with those estimates. Some say among the 30 million small businesses in this country that annual, you know, the cost of regulations, you know, adds an additional, you know, two to $3 billion in additional expenses across the board on small businesses. Others, you know, you know, say it's it's even higher than that. 
but it's a really, really difficult thing to quantify. You know, I mean, I'm an accountant myself. Uh, my business has 600, uh, you know, clients, you know, they're all small and mid-sized businesses. And if you were to ask me like what the additional costs are for these businesses, it's really, you know, it, it's very, very tough to put it into actual dollars. Okay. But I do know that it takes, you know, it, it takes a significant amount of additional overhead to do that. And I think the best way that you can quantify something like that is to look at a typical business that might have anywhere from, say, five to 50 employees. Uh, they, you know, they have to spend, you know, an additional five to 10 hours a week, somebody in the office complying with different types of regulations from different types of agencies, both state and federal. And that's on average. So say it's 10 hours a week and say that person is costing you $30 an hour on average, including their benefits. You can add up for one business. It could be as much as 300 bucks a week or a thousand dollars, you know, a, a month or, you know, 12 to $15,000 a year, which is a lot of money for a small firm. And again, if you multiply that, um, you know, not necessarily by the 30 million small businesses in this country, but say by the, you know, by the the, the 7 million employer-owned businesses, because they're the ones that get hit the most with regulations because they have employees. Then you're looking at 7 million businesses that are maybe spending, you know, an extra, you know, 12 to $15,000 a year uh, complying with those regulations. You can kind of back into what the overall cost would be yeah. for businesses. It's not cheap. Well, that, that, that's the bottom line. It is very expensive. And every time a new regulation is imposed, of course, the cost goes up again. Now, yep. I know there's something called the Regulatory Flexibility Act of 1980. Now, everything I read about it says that it is seriously in need of update. And I believe there's a movement afoot in Congress to make changes to this can you kind of give us an overview of what this um, act is supposed to accomplish? Sure. Well, it's supposed to, you know, enact fairness um, about regulations to make sure that they are taking into consideration uh, the interests of small businesses. So, for example, if the government passes some type of regulation on the uh, utilities industry, um, you know, those regulations themselves would apply, you know, wouldn't necessarily apply to all businesses in that industry. They have the act is requiring that the legislators or the regulators look at the impact that this has on the smaller companies in that industry and to, you know, to adjust those regulations to accommodate for those smaller businesses, if that makes sense. Um, unfortunately, uh, those, the rules from the act, and again, this goes back to 1980, have been watered down since. The Small Business Administration is really the uh, the you know the, the sort of arm for ensuring that this act is complied with. And as we know, the Small Business Administration has a lot of other things that it's looking after. And in the end, you know, a lot of regulations that do come out don't take into consideration the needs or the issues that small businesses in an industry or overall are faced with. And some of the uh, the, the basis of the act itself goes you know goes unnoticed. And unless an organization like, I don't know, the U.S. Chamber or an industry group, somebody takes it up that has the resources to fight a regulation and, you know, and, and you know, um, call out that this is the act, you know, name the act as a reason, a basis for fighting it, you know, your typical small business really doesn't, you know, have the ability to do anything about it. 
And and that is why, you know, a lot of that, you know, the, the new regulations that come out over the past 10 or 20 years have been able to come out without really being, you know, contested under this act. It, it's hard to fight the government sometimes. Um, let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Out Consuming Interest on the Federal News Network. My guest today is Gene Marks. He's an entrepreneur, small business owner, TV personality, writes a lot. His passion, small business. Um, and he's also the moving force behind the Marks Group. Uh, Gene, it's very interesting talking about this act and how it's it, it's old. It needs updating. Now, what about the changes that are being proposed? I think with Representative Klein has introduced some uh, changes. Do you see that those are helpful? Do they go far enough? Um, can you analyze that for us? Yeah. So back in you know the end of 2022. Um, Representative Klein, he's, you know, he's, he's a House rep from, from the state of Virginia, um, as he introduced something called the, the Small Business Regulatory Flexibility Improvements Act. And um, it is, you know, what it's designed to do is to take another look at the act, which was back, you know, from 1980, um, and really, you know, you know, create new rules to try and update that act to again close certain loopholes that agencies have you know have um, uh, taken advantage of uh, that has been to the detriment of small businesses uh, as well as it's you know it's also wants to look at sort of the definition and the sizes of small businesses because that has been sort of all across the board it's a small business you know 50 employees you know you know, or is it is it 500 employees it depends on what agency is sort of making the you know those those judgments, and that has a big impact on those specific businesses. So the act is there, you know, to to sort of give the small business administration more teeth to go after uh, any types of bills or legislation that's out there that you know might be have negative negative impact on small businesses um, because they're they're not you know complying with the existing regulatory flexibility act um, to enable them more powers to redefine. Uh, how you're defining small businesses, um, and again to update certain sections of it so that um, you know certain agencies are are forced to comply with this. I, right now, the act itself is out there. It's got support from the the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Um, it is you know it's been discussed in the House's Small Business uh, Committee, the subcommittee there, and it is a uh, you know it is something that is probably um, you know I, I can't imagine it you know not seeing full passage. Um, because it is one of those acts that it's kind of hard to, you know, it's funny the, when, when people you know, put these sorts of legislations out there, they're very bipartisan because who is going to argue against the best interests of small businesses in this country? Everybody supports them. So I do expect to see full passage of it and hopefully better compliance under, you know, in the coming years. Well, yeah, because if all of those regulations are not really being examined for their impact, then we, as you say, we're kind of out in the wilderness and we don't really even know for certain what all of these impacts, what the impact really is. Well, now, if you're a small business owner, how do you fight this, Jane? Um, this is something that I'm sure that you must address in your business. How, how do you, does a small business comply and at the same time, not go broke in the process of having to comply. What do they do? I mean, what would you recommend 
Um, I run a small nonprofit business, for example. Now, we don't have the problems that the 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 retail world does or the the right. um, the profit for profit world. So how how would you how would you suggest a business start complying and trying to keep it within their their, their resources? There is there is one great way to do that and I'm so glad you're you're raising the question Shirley because so many of my clients and so many of my readers around the country that run small businesses aren't aren't really aware uh, you know of this legend or, or of that legislation exists or these regulations can be contested your best weapon against you know to contest any regulations that you believe are unfair is your industry association so if you're a retailer you know and you're a small retailer you should be joining something like the you know national retail association the same thing if you're a small manufacturer uh, there, there's various, I mean, you know, you know, a, a hundred different manufacturing groups and associations around the country. And the reason why I say that is because good associations of a certain size not only have the resources, but they also have, um, you know, employed with them to represent their members, um, people, you know, public policy people that fight for you. I mean, these are lobbyists and they fight for the interests of their members. So whenever you hear of legislation going on that's going to impact a certain industry and you hear about the lobbyists fighting that, you know, that that legislation, that's exactly what associations do, particularly when they're representing their specific industry. Now, if you're a small company, you know, sometimes there is a, you know, you're an association where you've got larger businesses that are part of it. So you've got to kind of, you know, offset their priorities versus your priorities. But surely I can tell you when I, you know, I speak to a lot of industry groups during the year and their bread and butter are their small and mid-sized members that pay their dues and come to their conferences mm -hmm. and they listen closely to them. And when regulations happen that impact their small and mid-sized members, I'm, I'm telling you, they, they put together their resources to fight against it, look out for their interests. If you just try to do this on your own, you're really not going to get very far. It's a small voice in the wilderness, unfortunately, but you put those voices together and you can make a lot of noise. Um, that's that's good advice. So check out and seek out the the associations that represent your industry. Become a member, become an active member, become an outspoken member. I would say also, Gene. Agreed. And, um, you know, if I can even add to that, Shirley, first of all, you're right. You should be an outspoken member um, and very active in that industry association. In fact, even participate on, you know, on boards or committees, because that's why people do that kind of stuff. So they're on they're on top of any regulations that impact their businesses. And also, I, you know. I, I am more of a fan. I don't mean this in any bad way against the U.S. Chamber or the National Federation of Independent Business. They're very good, but you want some. You want a specific association specific to your industry. Um, definitely join the U.S. Chamber, the NFIB, because they look after many, many small businesses across the board. But again, if you're a manufacturer, you really want to be active in a manufacturing industry association specific to what you do, so that they can be on top of any regulations that are going to impact you. Well, how do how do small businesses learn about the new regulations? I mean, it seems to me like it'd be a full time job trying to figure out what your the federal government, the state government, and the local government are trying to impose on our small businesses. And you know, I sometimes wonder, don't the regulatory people in these agencies ever read the headlines? Ever read how important it is that we take care of our small businesses. I mean, as you can tell, this 
this is the passion of mine and has been for many, many years because I realize how important they are to our economy. And unfortunately, I've seen too many of them fail. So um, we need to support them. We need as consumers and we need as advocates, we need to support them. So yeah, get out there and make your voice heard. But how does a small business, now let's say you don't want to employ a whole group of, sorry, Jean, don't mean you, but um, accountants you want, and lawyers. And <laughs> right. You want, how do you find out what's going on? What's going to be down the pike? You're right. And by the way, um, you know, you're, you're saying about employing accountants and lawyers and I'm a CPA and I don't take offense at that. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you that um, us accountants and, and attorneys, let's not forget, not only are we small businesses, mostly, you know, that, that represent small business, but also we're representing a bunch of different clients in a bunch of different industries. And you can't really rely on them to be up to speed on every single thing and letting you know uh, every single thing. I mean, they, mm -hmm. you know, like myself, I have hundreds of clients. It's tough to keep track of all of that stuff. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, you can't necessarily rely on the small business administration because they have their strengths and their weaknesses, but you know, no one's going to be calling you from the SBA saying, Oh, there's a new, you know, there's, there's a new legislation being discussed in Congress right now. That's going to impact your business. And you can't really, you certainly can't rely necessarily on the, the major media sites of the news. I mean, I go on television stations and they don't want to talk about the small business regulatory you know, flexibility act, for example, you know, like that's they'll lose all their viewers. You know, they want to talk about stuff that's more juicy. So where do you go to answer your question? I get back to the answer I gave you earlier. And that again is your industry association. Yeah. Uh, those are the people that are looking out for the legislation that's on your behalf. And you know, one final comment on that, when you join an industry group, do your due diligence and make sure that they do have resources, a public policy person, somebody that is um, lobbying, somebody that is employed by the association. And oftentimes these associations have a group of people that their full-time jobs are to monitor and go after regulation that's impacting their members. That's the kind of association you want to belong and be active with. Yep. Well, let's take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. My guest today is Gene Marks. He's an entrepreneur, small business owner, noted speaker, author. Well, he does everything. And he works. <laughs> He's also the moving force behind the Marks Group. And Gene, we are so honored to have you here today because you've been known for working and doing some great stuff with small businesses. Um, Let's just go back and emphasize what you said, and that is about joining the associations that can have a larger voice than your own. I think that is that is a really a very important thing that you you've pointed out there. Um, other than that, they should also, shouldn't they, Gene, keep you informed of what's going on on the legislative front? <laughs> you know, there's there's people that join, they pay their annual dues, and then they forget about it. Um, and then there are people that actually take it seriously. And the answer is, yeah, um, good associations, you know, they they keep their their members apprised in two ways. One is they send, you know, you know, updates, email updates of things that are impacting their businesses. Uh, and number two is they do conferences. And, you know, so it's funny, you know, I people ask, you know, like, how can I sell to a small business or how do I, you know, how do I get the attention of a small business owner? And, you know, people try all the time, you know, yeah. but my clients, 
that run small manufacturing firms, contracting firms, construction firms, design firms, service firms. You, know, you can either find them at their kids' sporting events. That's a good place to find a small business owner. But the, the real number one place, the number one thing that gets them out of the office is their association conferences. And when I go and speak at those conferences, they're usually filled with people, hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. And those conferences put on presentations from all sorts, talking about the economy and talking about operations and talking about what's going on in Washington. And that's the other place where you're going to go to be updated and get your con, you know, get your content. And by the way, once a year is fine. I mean, you know, th th there are very few industries that have, you know, bills coming out that are so fast moving that they're going to, you know, you can't, you, you can't keep up with it. So I'm not talking about an, you know, an overreaching amount of commitment that you have to make, but keep current on the messaging that you're getting from your association. Mm -hmm. Definitely go to your annual conference. And you're saying that you're going to learn a lot there. And I thought it was just go to party and socialize, Gene. <laughs> That's a lot of that. There is a lot <laughs> that of that. Too. But, that, but that's important, too. We can't work all the time. But Very true. And there's and also the, good networking that goes on at those oh, conferences, yeah. too. People make a lot of deals at those things. What are the uh, what are the major complaints, or is there an uh, the top two or three complaints that you hear from small businesses and why they might reach out to you? So right now, the there, there's two big things that are you know really impacting all of my clients and the people I speak to and my readers. Uh, it's been you know still higher prices, um, and I'll give you an example. I mean, the um, producer price index right now is is on an annualized basis has fallen to you know below three percent, which is really great news, and that's what the government is telling you. But you know, next week I'm going out Troy, to speak at a conference of of companies that make equipment and sell products into the cleaning industry detergents and soaps and again you know dry cleaners and that kinds of stuff and um when you look at the costs in that industry th they haven't risen like three percent in the past year they're, they're, they're much higher than that in fact over the past two years a lot of their core costs are in you know well above the double digits so that's i'm seeing that in a lot of different industries that although inflation you know, has been brought further under control, which is great news. They're all operating their companies at a much higher, you know, uh, you know, cost basis, cost structure than they were just two years ago. And a lot of businesses are grappling with how to deal with that. So that's number one. Number two is labor, you know, and, and, you know, the, we, we are still at a point now where our unemployment is at, you know, between a 40 and a 50 year low. And every company that you talk to, I mean, the NFIB just came out with their latest jobs report saying that, you know, almost half of small businesses are, are looking for people, uh, which is still at an extremely high rate. So finding good people and retaining people is still a big challenge to them. So when I go out and I speak to these groups, I talk about here is what some of my best clients are doing to manage costs and manage their cash flow and technologies they're investing in to manage their um, you know, to, to, to keep themselves, you know, operationally profitable. And here's what they're doing to find and retain people, let alone here's what they're doing to grapple with all the regulations mm -hmm. that are happening now and coming, uh, both in the federal and state governments. Well, we don't have time to talk about what's coming because that's oh. going to be scary. But let's <laughs> just uh, close here, Gene, by thanking you. You have been an absolutely delightful source of information for us, for help, for small businesses, and keep up the good fight because I'm right there with you. 
Um, we are going to close it out here. And I thank you, Jean. We've been listening. You've been listening to of consuming interest of the Federal News Network. My guest has been Gene Marks. As I said, he's an entrepreneur, an author, TV personality, all-around good guy. Thanks, Gene. This is Shirley Rooker, and thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.